Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. All right, so we're going into this teaching where, I mean, it's the second part. It's power. It's power. And just looking at these two, it's easy to just think that they are so distinct and they are so far away. But I want to tell you that when it comes to the Lord and his power, love drives his power. Did you hear what I said? Love drives the power of God. It's the motivation. Everything. You remember when I told you that God displayed his power in creation and in new creation? Do you remember that when God created the world, he created everything that man was going to need before he came on the scene? Do you remember? He did. And the Bible says we're created for his pleasure. For his pleasure. So when it comes to power, you can't separate the love of God from it. Amen. And I'll show you now. Can we open our Bibles to Matthew 14 very quickly? Very quickly. Glory to Jesus. What I want to do with this teaching, I want to, I want to strengthen your faith. I want to help many of you believe again. I want to help your faith. And I want to see you excel in your charismatic ministry. Excel. To be that wholesome, complete Christian that God loves. Matthew chapter 14 from verse 14. Are you there? Great. It says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them. My brother, you are disturbing my teaching and not by his expectations. God will use you mightily. Do you know that? Have you had dreams about what God wants you to do? Have you had dreams or visions? You have? Okay. God will blow your mind the things he's going to use you for in his kingdom. Amen. And so Jesus saw a great multitude. And he was moved with compassion. Do you see that? What did he do after? He healed their sick. So he saw all these people sick, afflicted. And the Bible said he had compassion. Oh, no, no, no. I can't, I can't leave these people this way. They are suffering. And he did something about it. Another scripture I'd like you to see is Luke chapter 7. From verse 17 to 15. Luke chapter 7. Everybody look, look, see what the Lord has done. Are you there? Verse 11, verse 11. All right, it says, And it came to pass, after um, the day after, I beg your pardon, that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Verse 12, Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, 
and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. So put yourself in her situation. She's lost her husband. And then she was about to lose her son. And then look at what happens. And when the Lord saw her, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion. See, you don't serve a God that is a hard guy, hard guy. Quote me anyway. <laughs> He's not a hard guy. Our God is compassionate. He loves. He cares. When he sees people in problems and in pain and in trouble, he cares. And what did he do about it? And said unto her, do what? Don't cry anymore. Stop crying. I've come to solve your problem. And he came and touched the buyer. And they that bear him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto you, what? Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. I'm saying this because I want you to merge these two realities. That as much as God is powerful, he only does it because he loves. Are you with me? If he's delivering people from the bondage of the enemy, it's because he loves them. If he's saving them from impending punishment and, 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 and the penalty of sin, it's because he loves them. Anytime God displays his power, it's because he loves. Praise the name of Jesus. But what I want to do next is to show you how that when it comes to the power of God, your faith is very important. Your faith, your belief system, your trust in God is very important. Let me show you some scriptures. Let's go to, to Matthew chapter 5 from verse 34. I want someone to read for me. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 34. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. All right, say it again, please. Is that correct? Twenty-four, right? It's twenty-four. Sorry, I beg your pardon. No, five, chapter five. Chapter five, okay. I am so sorry. No, that's not the scripture I'm looking for. I'm guessing it's Mark. I'm sorry. Can we check Mark 5.34? Something got mixed up here. If you see, if it starts with, and he said to her. Perfect. Perfect. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Daughter. Praise the name of Jesus. The story of the woman that had the issue of blood. This woman had a plague for 12 years. Do you know what it means to have gone from doctor? The Bible says she visited physicians, the best in town. She had spent her money. 
She had spent her resources. She had believed, oh, Dr. Um, Rasendran from India, from the other side of the country, he has come to Israel. He can solve your problems. She would have put hope again. Yes, this guy, he can solve my problems once and for all. I'm sorry, madam. Very, very sorry. I can't do this. I'm so sorry. Come back again. Thank you. Bye. Imagine she goes again to another doctor, another doctor, and they say the same thing. And then this man, Jesus, is there. And she said, see, I'm going to believe again. I'm going to try. I've heard of this man. I've heard of the miracles. If I can touch him. I'll... The woman's mentality, she had already rehearsed the statement. She said, I will go. I will touch. I will be healed. She had decided what she wanted. And she went and she touched. And what happened? She was healed. And Jesus looked at her and said, your faith has made you. It would be nice to say, ah, it's my power that made you well. It is his power. But he highlighted something. It was what that commanded and attracted the power. Her faith. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 from verse 51. Powerful. All right, are we there? What is going? Mark, Mark chapter ten. Uh, I hope I hope I'm correct. Yeah. Fantastic. This guy who was blind came to Jesus. What do you want from me? I said, Lord, <laughs> I mean, but let me just, I'm, I'm blind. I need you to help me with my sight. And Jesus asked that. We might think it's a silly question. Because sometimes when we go to the Lord, we don't really know what we want. You've, you've spent your whole life complaining and believing and have been disappointed. And what do you want me to do? Lord, I want to receive my sight. And then look at what happens. Verse 52. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your what? Your faith has made you whole. And immediately, the Bible says, he received his sight and followed Jesus. The same thing happened at another time when there were two blind men. And I want you to see this one. This is where you need to pay attention. Matthew chapter 9. Verse 29. Does it start with when Jesus departed? Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. cool, cool. It's verse 27, 27. Let's start from verse 27. Yes, thank God. Glory. No, I'm just trying to test you people, you know, to make sure that, uh, you know, me, I mean. And when Jesus departed then, two blind men followed him. Pay attention, please, please. Crying and saying, thou son of David... Have compassion on us. Have mercy on us. Verse 28. And when he was coming to their house, the blind men came to him and said, Jesus. No, they came unto him rather. And Jesus said unto them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And I'm telling you, anytime you come face to face with God and his power, he's going to ask you that question. 
Or let me say, that's a question that you'd be faced to answer. Do you believe that I can do this? And how did they respond? I can't hear you. How did they respond? When it comes to the miraculous, the question that you will always be asked is, do you believe God is able to do this? And your disposition must always be, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe. I believe. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. But what you see here, as you read through scriptures, I'm trying to do this as a good foundation so that you, you see God's heart when it comes to the miraculous, the signs, the miracles. And let me show you another scripture. Matthew chapter 8 from verse 1 to 3. Matthew chapter 8 from verse 1 to 3. Very quickly. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, can thou, can, thou canst make me clean. Can you give me the HCSB? Aha, I love this. The guy came back. This guy had leprosy. And he said, Lord, if you are willing, highlight this word. If you are willing, you can make me clean. And how did Jesus respond to him? Touched him. I am willing. Be made clean. Be made clean. I am willing. I am willing. The Bible describes a time where Jesus met people. And the Bible says he healed all of them of their diseases. Every single one of them. What I want to show you is, is the disposition God has to the miraculous is, I am willing. Did you hear what I said? When it comes to the miraculous and God's power, you need to understand, he is willing. He is willing. It's a simple equation. If God is willing and you believe that he's able to do it, guess what will happen? You get the miracle. Are you following me? But you need to have this at the back and at the front of your mind that God is always willing. Amen. Do you know that God takes pleasure? And I remember we talk, talked about this in one of our um, online services. That God is glorified when he comes through for you. God is very, very pleased when he meets your needs. And I'll prove it to you in John chapter 12. Let's go there quickly. I promised you that we'll open a lot of scriptures, right? John chapter 14. I beg your pardon. John chapter 14 from verse 12 to 14. Very, very popular scripture. You know this, right? From verse 12. says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, what will happen? shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because what i go unto my father verse 13 and whatsoever you ask in my name can we say that together with much conviction one two go and whatsoever you ask in my name that will i do that what doesn't that make you happy? 
God is glorified when he gets to answer your prayers. When he comes through for you, he's glorified. He has no reason to not answer you. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no incentive to refuse your requests, especially when it's aligned to his will. No incentive. If you shall ask anything in my name, verse 14, I will do it. I will do it. Did you hear what I said? Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And, and the beautiful thing that I love about God is when he does his things, Brother Josh, hi. That's my brother there. Good to see you. Not blood brother, by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Um, when God answers prayers or does his work, he does it in a way that makes people marvel. What I mean is not, he doesn't do it in just drips, drops. He does it in, whoa, yay, ah. Those are the reactions when God shows up. Ephesians 3.20, which I want us to check out. It says, exceeding. Now unto him who is able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above. Let's take it again. Exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. According to what? Anything God does is exceedingly, abundantly above. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So, when you think about God, try and drop impossibilities. Your mind will try to make things logical, to try and rationalize things. How shall these things be? Does that sound familiar? There was a promise to Mary that she would bear a son without having met any man. How shall these things be? And what did the angels say? He said, with men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Exceeding abundantly above all that your mind can think. She couldn't have thought about that. That I'll be I'll conceive by the Holy Spirit. What? But God proved himself again that when he works, he does it exceedingly, abundantly, above. So when you are in the atmosphere of the Lord, every impossibility must drop. Your mind might have told you this thing is not, no, nah, I don't even have the qualifications. It's not possible. With God, all things are, I've had this sickness for the longest time. Maybe you even sound like the woman with the issue of blood. With God, all things are, I can't hear you. All things are possible. And I want you to believe it. Believe it. Mark 11 from verse 23. 
The story, the back story here in Mark 11, Jesus was passing, he saw a fig tree. And it looked so beautiful, so nice. But he was hungry. He wanted to pluck a fig and, and eat it. But this tree was not bearing fruit. And he cursed it. No. You're not fulfilling your purpose. No. Bye. And they walked. They continued. They came back to that side. You know, and they were just walking. Rabbi, Rabbi, that's the tree you... Guys, 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 see. That's the tree that, that Jesus... You remember that he had victory over that fig tree? You know, that's the tree... Sorry. And then it has withered away. And Jesus, do you know how he replied? Let's see. It. Let me show you. And I think somehow God replies that way to us many times. Look at this. After I said, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed and is withered away. That's verse 21. Verse 22. And Jesus answering unto them, have faith in God. Like, I feel that's the way he said it. Wait, so you thought I would say it. I don't understand. People should have faith in God. I beg you. There were many times he questioned them. Oh, faithless generation, how, shall, how long shall I tarry with you? They saw him calm the oceans, right? The storm. And he told them, like, why were you afraid? I was in your boat all along. Yet you are, have faith in God. And maybe that's what God is telling you again. Have faith in God. Have faith in me. Believe again. Believe again. Then look at what he says. He, he, he found an opportunity to educate them. And he said in verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, he looked for the most difficult obstruction he could find, so that your mind can expand beyond your limitations, so that you can start to think on the frequency of exceeding abundantly above. He says, anyone who says to that mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in their heart that what they have said would happen, they will receive what they have said. Can we read it together? Look at verse 23. One, two, go. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Look at verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to just operate on this frequency with me. If I believe God and I pray about that thing that I'm desiring, I believe it and have received it. That's the formula. Believe in it. That what you have asked God, you've received it. And it will be yours. It's a powerful teaching on prayer. That said, I want to show you your part in all of this. Actively. Like I said, you know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. That you shall what? Receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Right? There was a promise. You will receive power. You will receive power. 
You will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Question, dear believer, has the Holy Ghost come upon you? Are you sure? No, 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 no. You don't sound sure. Has the Holy Ghost come upon you? Are you sure? So it means you have power. You mean, it means you have power. Mark 16, verse 17. This is my all-time favorite. If I don't teach this scripture, ah, nah. Are you there? This scripture changed my life. And I want it, you know, I think one of the major problems we have in the Christian world is bridging the gap between what is said and what we do. Somehow we just have this subconscious idea that this, these are stories, right? These are cool stories. Wow, they healed this. Uh, uh, that must be nice, cool stuff. But we don't forget, yes, Mahadu. But we don't, forget, we don't remember that there's an expectation now. I, have you heard this famous Bible, this scripture from the Bible? Um, With great power comes great responsibility. I'm kidding. It's Ben Parker, right? to Peter Parker. He told him in the Spider-Man movie, do you guys, have you watched that movie? That 2002 movie. He told him with great power comes what? Great responsibility. That applies to you. Do you know the kind of power that you carry? The Bible says God exalted him, giving him a name. And we've said that that word name means, in the Greek it's onoma, it means authority. It means power. He has given Jesus a name that is above every other name. Praise the name of Jesus. It's that same power he gave you when his Holy Spirit came upon you. So he, what the kind of power you have is a power that is greater than any power in the entire world. Do you know that? Do you know that? You carry a power, you carry an authority that cannot be matched. Praise the name of Jesus. So there are expectations. With great power comes what? Great responsibility. And look at it here. Mark chapter 16 from verse 17. Can we read it together? Yeah? Hold on, hold on. I, I always want to make sure we don't miss the point. This sign shall what? Follow them that believe. Who are those who believe? Daddy Gio, Mommy Gio, Archbishop, who? You. If you believe, it's talking about you. And, and look at the word he used. It says, these signs will follow. I like that he used that. Because if you're going to have followers, you must be a what? Leader. If the signs are going to follow, it means you're already stepping out. As you're stepping, they're following. Does that make sense? This is an action scripture. It's not one to read and cool, cool stuff. It's a scripture you read and say, yes, this is talking about me. What would happen? What signs are we expecting to see? In my name, in my authority, shall they what? Cast out, Cast out devils. I tell you today, every demonic manipulation is ending now. It's ending. Yeah. It's ending. I think a lot of believers are afraid to think about demonic oppression when it comes to them. No, no, no. Even though people are misbehaving, it cannot be me. 
I need to tell you this. Demonic oppression doesn't mean you are a bad Christian. Doesn't mean you are not prayerful. Are you following? If I don't have time to explain this, but we can just define demonic oppression as many things. But what it is majorly is demonic influence to counteract, alter the knowledge of God in your life. So if you have someone who is constantly in their mind hearing voices telling them, God doesn't love you, look at you. Do you remember what you've done? You're going to Crazy Love Conference. I, saw, I know what you did yesterday. That's a demonic oppression. It's an attack. The enemy is trying to confuse you. Are you following what I'm saying? It comes in different forms. Sometimes it comes in forms of afflictions. There was a time that the devil tried to attack my mind. Tried to make me doubt God's call on my life. Tried to make me think different things. But it didn't work. It didn't work. And then I remember in the span of one week, I had like five accidents. No jokes. He knew he, didn't, he couldn't get my mind. He wanted to get me physically. There was one that I did, guys. You should have seen it. It was so cool. I was at the filling station, and the boss was about to hit the dispenser, the fuel dispenser. And you've watched those movies. You know what happens. As it was about to hit, I just, no. no jokes. I jumped out of the bus. I am not kidding. God saved me. That was, in fact, one of my pastors had to reach out to me and, and say, no, this is, this is not normal. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when I say that today, every demonic oppression, whether in your life, in your family, it ends today. I mean it. Amen. I mean it. There are certain things that many people are struggling with. They don't realize that it's not a natural source. But it ends today. Amen. Amen. So in my name shall they cast out devils. I want to make this practical. If a witch enters here, I'm not talking about the Harry Potter kind, the cool, nice, no, not that one. I mean, witch, I'm here to suck your blood. Is that how they do it these days? You know, I watch the documentary of witches in, in America, and they do it so nicely. They're like, oh, it's so fun to do. We get to play with our sages and make all these spells, and it's so cool. You should try it. It's so touche now these days. It's in all forms. But I mean Nigeria, the one you see in Hollywood, Sha. She walks in, and she says she's coming to destroy all of us. My question is, what? <laughs> is that God forbid? No, it's not God forbid. If it happens, what do we do? What's our response to such a situation? Cast her out? Huh? She should be afraid. I'm saying this. This is what I'm saying. Okay, Queen, what would you do? You what? Okay, I like your answer. Is that what you're going to do? It sounds like a very well packaged answer, but is that what you're going to do? Okay. She said she will cast the devil out. I said, okay. What about you? What would you do, my dear? Ah, when she's coming to suck your blood, you think about it. <laughs> well, that's honest, right? Here's the thing. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Do you know what flesh and blood means? Humans. 
Our fight is not with the people we are seeing. It's the people in the unseen kingdom. We wrestle against principalities and powers, right? So guess what? A lot of these people that find themselves in witchcraft, they didn't plan to. Last month, August, yes, ending of August, there was a demon that I cast out from someone. And she started to, you know, when they do all this gymnastics and start to talk, I don't, I don't like it, but I, I shall listen. It was interesting, I won't lie. And she was saying that, though, <laughs> that I entered this girl when her grandmother gave her puff puff. Yeah. And from that time, she's just been in the, the grandmother had trained her to just, you know, do this thing subconsciously, right? There are people that they didn't plan, to, they didn't say, oh, this is a beautiful day, I want to be a witch today. That's not how it happens. It's demonic influence, do you understand? And so, if it's, I'm saying this because I want it to be practical. And yes, to all of you listening, even those of you online, demons are real, just in case you didn't know. They're real. If one comes in, I can tell you, because you've been given a power, an authority that is over every other power and authority in the entire world. Guess what? They have every reason to be afraid of you. Do you hear what I said? There's a consciousness that you must carry if you really have this power. Let me give you a very typical example. If you have a gun on you, very nice gun, and someone is coming at you and says, I will kill you. I have, I have this bread knife. I'm going to choke you. But you have a gun that works very well. I know we are not murderers, but how would your reaction be? Ah, please, I beg, I beg. Is that how it would be? My friend, you, you drop, right? You know what you carry. Are you following me? My question to you is, do you know what you carry? Do you actually know? I don't want to spend my time teaching all of this, and at the end of the day, we're going back living normal lives. You're not normal, though, dear believers. Tell your neighbor you're not normal. Something is different about you. You're extraordinary. Keep saying it. You're extraordinary. Ask them, did you know that you have the greatest power in the world at your disposal? Praise the name of Jesus. Look at them again and say, do you know you can cast out devils? Do you know that you can set people free from the activities of the devil? What did they say? What did they say? Glory. Let's continue. Please show the scripture. That's just the first part. They shall do what? Speak with new tongues. This is, the, this is cheap. This is one of the easiest things. It should be celebrated. You should be able to speak in tongues. If you can't, we'll get there. Amen. It will happen. Praise the Lord. Next verse. Ah, I love this. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. And they shall what? Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. My people, can you look at your hands right now? Look at your hands. Look at your hands. Look at your hands. Say, my hands can heal the sick. Oh, so easily, my hands can heal the sick. 
When I touch people, diseases are gone. Afflictions are removed. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. When you leave Crazy Love Conference, many of you are going to carry things that will last a lifetime. That's a fact. I want you to take that. I want you to be proactive. See, when you know that you're doing the word of God properly, you start to get some, some tags. People start to call you, ah, the healer guy. Ah, the healer girl. People will start to come to you when they have problems. Ah, I have a headache. Come and, come and pray for me, please. Are you, are you following me? Whether they are older than you or they are younger, and I'm saying that, I'm serious. If you feel like what you have can solve a problem, I tell you, if your father or your mother tells you, I'm sick, or I have this pain, or I'm feeling like this, or I'm telling you, if you understand what you have, you can approach and say, can I take care of that? You know, there's a way you speak that attracts faith. Did you know? Did you know? I can tell you, ah, you're sick. Let's, have you taken paracetamol? Have you gone to the pharmacist? Ah, have you taken water? Okay, let's, let's see. Let's pressure. Let's see whether something will happen. Everlasting Father, King of Glory, the hand that I am, Rock of Ages. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are faithful. Ah, Daddy, what have you not done? <laughs> and then you wasted all your time. I said, Lord, please, just remove this headache in Jesus' name. Amen. Bele, bele, take care. Bye. Take care. You're already going away. The one who understands the power they carry. You have a problem. Let's take care of it. I'm going to pray for you and you'll be healed. Do you believe? She believes. And what do you do? You lay hands in the name of Jesus. This disease is gone. And you stay. You stay. God heals you, my dear. God heals you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the voices of contradiction are silenced. In your life, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Back to what I was saying. It's happened, okay? Back to what I was saying. Your, your speech can command the healing. Do you understand? If you go and you tell your dad, your dad that has a headache, Dad, I want to take care of your headache. What do you mean? I want to pray for you and you'll be healed. Now, if they are not humble... Don't worry, I'll just take paracetamol. And you two might just say, okay, it's fine. But, do you understand? You're, you're trying to represent, represent the Lord Jesus in this way. You say, no, no, Dad, I will pray for you and you'll be healed. I have something to give you. You know, there's, there's, there's a speech that the apostles had. When they were going to raise this guy who was lame, Peter and John said, we don't have money. Oh. We're not like those other people that will pass and just be sustaining you rather than saving you completely. But such as I have, I give. Say such as I have, such as I, have. I, give. I give. Don't mistakenly usage factor. Say such as I have. Please, I almost did it. That's why I'm... Such, <laughs> such, <laughs> such as I have, I give. Such as I have, I give. Jokes aside, you have something. 
See, it doesn't mean, ah, oh, Father, how do I help them understand? There was no opportunity that our Lord Jesus had to, to heal a person that he turned down. It was usually the other way around. People turned down his, his requests. There was a time he went to Nazareth and he couldn't do any miracle because they didn't believe him. But I tell you, as many opportunities as you get, try it. The more you do it, the better you become. It might be a small headache. And you say, can I pray for you? You pray for it. You stay there. You watch. Is it gone? Is it gone? Is it gone? Okay, let's pray again. That tells me more about your trust in God than you just saying, don't worry, you'll be fine, my dear. Take care and you go. You stay there. And I want to remind you, based on the last teaching, the power that you're going to execute has nothing to do with how perfect you are. After Peter and John healed that lame man, do you know what they said? Like, why are you looking at us as if it was by our own power and holiness that we made this man well? If you think that is your holiness that qualifies you to perform miracles, you have missed it. Are you following me? So even if, and I'm saying this practically, even if you just had an argument that was heated, you said words you shouldn't have said, and someone says, I need a healing. What would you do? Would you pray for them? Would you? Yes. Why? Glory to God. Your exercising the power of God has nothing to do with your good works. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what Peter and John were trying to emphasize. It's not our holiness. It's the power of God. Praise the name of Jesus. I, I've experienced that. I know, that's why I'm saying it. When you're in Lagos, on Lagos Road, and you're driving, there are some things you don't want to say that will come out. There was one day, I'm, I'm reporting myself to you. There was one day I was driving, driving, and this guy, I, I, I'm already upset now. The guy just swerved, hits the side of the car, and then the guy pulled, he just stopped, wound down. I just drove. I was, I was, I was so upset. And I said, this guy is stupid. I said it. And I remember after I got to where I was going, someone called me and they needed a healing. I said, Father, <laughs> oh no. But I said, you know what, let's do this. Let me practice what I preach. And I prayed and it was done. Within an hour, the person was fine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This can be you and this should be you. You have something to offer. God has given you, deposited in each and every one of us, his spirit. And with his spirit comes the gifts. The gifts. You're talking healing. You're talking prophecy. You can prophesy. Amen. You can work miracles. Amen. When I heard the story of someone who's uh, a missionary in South Sudan, how they were, def um, sorry, Mozambique, how they were deficient. They didn't have food. They were starving. The, the government, the police guys had you know, try to water down the work of, of ministry they were doing. They had just, I'm not kidding, they had just a little um, food, bread and some other stuff. Do you know that as they were distributing to the children that they had converted and the people, it didn't run out. It was, a mirror, it was what happened in the days of Jesus. If Jesus could feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, and he says, the works that I do, you will do them, and, come on, and greater works. 
That's why I'm trying to expand your mind to see all the possibilities of God. You can't keep God in a box anymore. Amen. There are some things that you have been harboring, you've been accommodating in your life for so long. You've been okay with it. I'm here to remind you, you don't have to accommodate them. You don't have to accommodate them. And I know it's taking long. I know that you've believed God and you've prayed and you've fasted. and People have prayed for you and you've expected and you've waited. I'm telling you, this is another time to believe again. God is asking you again, do you believe that I will do this? Will you say yes, Lord? That's what God wants for you. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you learning something? All right, let me just uh, round off quickly. The reason why I'm talking about this is because there's something very charismatic, um, sorry, something very attractive about charismatic things. It's attractive. You know, many people will say, ah, you know, it's just the gospel. There's a gospel that saves. Let me just preach. I don't need to be doing all this drama and gymnastics. Let me tell you. The Bible says that God confirmed his message with the apostles. Confirming it with signs, with wonders. Do you know that after these times when Peter and John healed the layman, do you know people marveled? They asked questions. They saw this guy who they've known from birth jumping, leaping, and praising God. And they asked, how did this happen? And Peter and John, as their nature was, they took an advantage and preached the gospel. Another time, do you know Paul also healed a lame lame man in Lystra? That one was so dramatic. The Bible says he was teaching. And he saw the crippled man as if, the Bible says he saw the man like he had faith to receive a healing. He perceived his faith and told him, get up. And the Bible says this guy got up. Do you know what happened? The people started shouting and marveling. The gods have come unto us in the form of men. Can people look at you and say, what manner of man are you? What, what, what manner of woman are you? And it would be so funny. Like, ah. People will be so marveled, especially when you don't look like what you can do. Are you following what I'm saying? Imagine you see an eight-year-old boy who understands, believes the power of God, and is raising dead people, bringing people who are lame up. You would, you would ask questions. Who are you from? Shango Ogun. Which one? You ask questions. That's what they did. They, they said Paul is, is um, Hermes and the other guy, Barnabas, is Zeus. The gods have come to us because miracles, they get attention. Sometimes during my undergraduate days, I would go to rooms to evangelize. And I went back to Peter Hall and I, I just went to visit some people. These guys were not paying attention. They were paying, what was it at that time? Is it? They were playing FIFA or something. Yeah, the guys were into it. I was like, God said I should come here. So I just stayed. I said, hi, guys. Sorry, I don't want to take too much of your time. I want to share something very important. It's exciting. If I come, I don't know. Okay. I think, okay. Okay. Anyways. If I come to your room to preach to you, ah, you listen. You listen. There's a way I carry it. I have good news, so you you must tell I have good news. Guys, guys, please, I have something to share with you. It's very important. It's good news. And as I was talking to them, there was one of them that had a pain in his leg. And I asked him, I said, do you have a a pain in your leg, a knee injury? And he said, yes. Have we met? (laughs) 
That was exactly what he said. Have I told you this before? I said, no, no, no. I said, God told me, and I want to heal it now. And all of them paused. <laughs> they, were, um, they were hearing, so they paused, and they listened. And I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I wanted to just engage them more. I already knew it was going to be healed. So I said, you guys, can you put your hands too? Let me just make them feel good. Then put your hands. Lay yeah, your hands. Let's do this, guys. Let's do this. They put their hands. Say, in the name of Jesus, you're, you're healed. You're healed. You're healed. Spent about, it shouldn't have been that long, but spent like five, ten minutes, right? And I said, can you shake it? Can you jump? Jump. He said, no, let me just shake. I said, jump. He started jumping. He said, ouch. I said, jump again. And he jumped and he jumped and he was fine. Would they not listen to me? Uh-uh. It catches attention. I'm saying this because I want you to excel in charismatic things. As much as you excel in doctrine, as much as you excel in the word of God, as much as you excel in prayer, excel in the charismatic. Praise the name of Jesus. If you have to go somewhere, like as in you have to cross a river to meet people in a village, you're on a missionary trip, and there's no other way, walk on the water. Does that sound strange? <laughs> Some of you look like, huh? Does that sound strange? I'm telling you, Elisha, the prophet, Old Testament prophet, Baba was tired. I'm not going to cross this side. He carried his mantle, slapped River Jordan. It parted. He walked on dry land because he could not pass the other. Old Testament prophet. And then the Bible tells you that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you have God's own power. Come on. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm trying to stir up faith in you. I want, to, I want to train you to be bold in charismatic things. It doesn't matter your temperament, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. That doesn't matter. It's the same power. Are you following? I, no, I don't really like to talk too much. I don't, I'm just very gentle. I, I don't do that. In your gentleness, command the power of God. Are you following me? There's no excuse. There's no excuse. I think one thing that shaped my mentality that it's not about aggressiveness was when I watched a video of some kids that, that were going to heal, right? Um, Heidi Baker, she trains these children to heal. And this child just said, in Jesus' name, you are healed. You are healed. Glory to God, you are healed. In their language, there were subtitles. You are healed, you are healed, you are healed. Psh, that was it. Blind people oh, received their sight. Blind people receive their sight with children doing that. Oh, my brother. So sorry. It's the power of God. Glory to God. So sorry. Are you okay? All right. Please get him another chair. All right. So pay attention. I'm challenging you today to think impossibilities. Are you following me? Think impossibilities with God. Think impossibilities. Think impossibilities. There is nothing that God cannot do. I'm going to say that a couple of times. There is nothing that God cannot do. There is nothing that God cannot do. There is nothing that God cannot do. One more time. There is nothing that God cannot do. So I want you to believe God again. And not just believe him. I want you to take action and be the salt of the earth. Be the light in this world. Show people that, no, God's power is still there. Let me show you. 
We're not doing it for our name. We're doing it because we love. Because the Father who had compassion on people and healed people, we have the same compassion. Praise the name of Jesus. Will you do it? Will you, will you take those steps, act out in faith, and change situations? Will you stand up for your family and change the story of your family? Will you stand up and change the story of your business? Will you stand up and change the story of your life? God is counting on you to do that. God is counting on you to do that. Praise the name of Jesus. Many of you will heal the sick. This year, God, God gave me a word for someone. He said that this year you will perform, the rest of this year, you will perform many more miracles than you've ever performed in your entire life. This is what, September, right? September, right? Yeah, October, November, yeah. This remaining three months that we have, you'll do the most miracles you've ever seen. It was a guy. It was a guy I saw. But the ladies, you can carry it too. You can catch it. Amen. But there are so many things I want to share with you. God has so much in store. We're going to go into a period of prayer. We're going to minister to each other. But a lot of prophecies will be shared. A lot of you will have your hands, you have hands laid on you. And you're going to receive certain things. You're going to receive and communicate gifts that you will use for ministry, that you will use for the Lord. And it might not be dramatic, but I want you to be conscious that you're receiving something. Some of you might not even need a touch. You've received it already where you are. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Sarah, please, can you play the song for us? So, I want you to be, I want you to raise your expectations as we pray. I want you to raise your expectations. I want you to believe the impossible. I want you to pray it and see it happen. Praise the name of Jesus. Remember what that scripture says. It says, if you, if you tell a mountain to be moved and be dropped into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe that what you have asked, you have received, you shall have what you have said. That's still the same formula. So when you are praying, I want you to speak with confidence. I want you to speak like you've received what you've asked for. Praise the name of Jesus. Can we rise up right now? Very quickly. And give yourself some space. Give yourself some space. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.